As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moretzi. Level 3 has it begun. Sports Grid Radio and Television Networks. Welcome back. Series in a couple of minutes. we got an AMA Radio affiliate stepping up in it in a couple of minutes as well. Uh, we got Wes Clayton uh, in the house uh, tonight. Wes has been on the show once uh, before, I believe. But uh, Wes will return uh, this evening. We'll get his thoughts on the NFL playoffs. He's already taken a look ahead to uh, Wednesday's uh, card, college basketball and the NBA. And uh, we got a good NBA game going on right now in Los Angeles at the Crip, 113-108 to for the Clippers with um, 6.46 remaining uh, in this game. 113-108, they're laying 7.5 right now. The in-game total is 259.5. And And I brought up some interesting games tomorrow on the card. And I'll just bring this up right now. Uh, We've got um, Chet Holmgren versus Victor Wembenyama. And, of course, there's been a lot of talk about the um, the Rookie of the Year award and, and you know, Chet Holmgren, and Chet Holmgren's doing this, and he's on a better team. But if you look at Victor Wembanyama, he's on a terrible team, and he only plays like 24 minutes a night, and he still puts up uh, massive numbers. One of the books I'm looking at right now doesn't have it posted, but I'll get it right now. I want to get the updated uh, Rookie of the Year odds. I don't know if we have that just by chance on our on our board uh, kicking around, but let me get it here right now. Here we go. NBA draft, NBA uh, make the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. Here we are. Awards. Joel Embiid, MVP. God, I hate the MVP talk stuff. Is there anything more annoying? Like, I swear, man, you, you, you watch these shows, like – does like he or is that ESPN NBA Today show know there's more teams in the league besides uh, the Lakers and the Phoenix Suns? Shout out to everyone joining us on Sirius XM Channel One Five Nine on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. This is Sports Rage. I'm Renzi. So uh, we're looking at the NBA Player Awards right now, just because I wanted to get to Victor Wembanyama and Chet Holmgren and the Rookie of the Year. So Victor Wembanyama is pretty much what it was before the year started. Victor Wembanyama is currently minus 125. Chet Holmgren is plus 100. Greg Popovich said the other day, we're going to hammer his ass. I think he could have just said we're going to play him more. <laughs> right? But as the season goes on, like, you know what I mean? There was that 24-minute threshold that they were pretty, like, set in stone with, actually. And it would be pretty frustrating because Wembanyama would have, like, 20 points and, you know, and, you know, 13 rebounds or something, and they'd pull him out of the game. 
he played 28 minutes the other night. What was it, last night he played 28 minutes? So I think they're going to start to stretch it out a little bit. Popovich was talking about, you know, they're listening to the doctors and there's a plan to this and all that. But you're seeing he's starting to score more and he's putting up big. You know, he scored 33 the other night. I think it's a good bet. I think people are going to realize in the end. Yeah, Chet Holmgren is a really good player that's not kind of not really a rookie. He's been around for a couple of years. He got hurt. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he's on a damn good team surrounded by a bunch of top five draft picks. Right? Victor Wembanyama is drafted by a bunch of dudes that are lucky they're not in the G League. Like, the Spurs are bad, bad. Right? So, uh, that they're going head-to-head. Wembanyama, minus 125. Chet Holmgren, plus 100. We'll take a look at the player props uh, for that. The big news of the day today uh, in the NBA was in Milwaukee. Very strange. And... I'd like to know, actually, and I, maybe I can find this. I can only do so many things myself in a day. But other than, like, a coach, I don't know, in college or something that, like, you know what I mean, that gets caught with 43 hookers after 11-1 and season or something. <laughs> like, you know, there's been college coaches that have had really good records that have been fired because of a scandal. But how many coaches have been fired for for being, you know, 17 games over 500? Like, I remember I thought it was strange. The Montreal Canadiens fired Claude Julien twice, not once, but twice. And both times he had a winning record when they fired him. And, you know, to me, it's always crazy. And I get it. Like, if you're a team like the Bills, if they fired McDermott, I I don't think they should. But if they did, it'd be like, well, they're not winning with him. And, like, but the thing is, this Griffin guy just got to Milwaukee. Clearly, it was just a personality battle, and he lost the battle. We're in a day and age right now where NBA coaches are sacrificial lambs. Let's just call it out for what it is. Right. Look. Look at. Uh, look at Darwin Ham in L.A. Let's just be real. He's a dead man walking as far as this this job is concerned. Every time something goes bad, they blame him. They blame Frank Vogel. They won a championship with Vogel. They blame Vogel. Right. There's certain teams. There's certain markets. There's certain teams. or certain players where it's just always just going to be a bad situation to be in. Like remember, like before, Milwaukee didn't win because of Budenholzer. Right? Well, he's not very good. They can't win with him. And, you know, and then they win. And then, like, you know, and then after they can't win now, well, it's this guy, it's that guy. Right? It's always something. And Giannis, it always happens. And I like Giannis, right? I'm a Giannis fan. I think he's a cool dude. But at the same point in time, players change, right? After they're, they get all this power and money. And it's pretty clear that Giannis and Dame Lillard just basically didn't like Adrian Griffin. You know, the, the quote, Giannis had lost confidence in him. Confidence in what? You're 30 and 13. You're not 13 and 30, right? right? They're one of the worst defensive teams. It's not the coach's fault. You traded Drew Holiday to get Dane Lewis. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moranzi. The pips, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bustler, but everybody else in between. Shout out to everybody joining us at level three here. Of the late night anger management class, we still have a lot of stuff to get to. It's been a crazy day, uh, off the field, off the court, ice on the on the field, uh, courts, ice, and everything else uh, in between. All right, the Lakers and the Clippers are going at it right now. The Clippers, listen, the Lakers have given the Clippers all they can handle tonight, even though LeBron's not playing in this game. But the Clippers are starting to pull away a little bit right now. It was a two point game. It was like one hundred eight, one hundred six at one point. The, the Clippers have gone on a run. It's 119 to 108 uh, right now. D- don't look now, but Doc Rivers is back. You know, Doc is doing the rounds, isn't he, in which he's going to coach every team. 
International Basketball Association. So there were reports after Adrian Griffin got fired earlier today in Milwaukee uh, that uh, the Bucks were, that Doc Rivers was one of the top candidates. Well, evidently the reports were true because Doc Rivers accepted the job already. And I guess that means, um, now number one, too, they never should have gotten word of Van Gundy, like doing these games. Right, so now, now Doc Rivers, you got an empty seat. I'll do it if you want to pay me. I'll do it. I'll do it for less money than whoever you're going to pay to do it. I'll send that to next to Doris Burke and do these games. So yeah, Doc Rivers is uh, is in. Adrian Griffin is out. But we're talking about a coach that had a thirty and thirteen record. So clearly, it wasn't a basketball thing. I think it was a personality thing. And let's just be real. Remember, Terry Stotts was part of the organization. Terry Stotts lasted like a week or two because he got into it with Adrian Griffin. Adrian Griffin was a longtime assistant with the Toronto Raptors. And I always thought it was strange that Adrian Griffin basically interviewed for the Bucks job, but not the Raptors job. <laughs> Even though he was a Raptors assistant, right? I always thought that was kind of strange as well. But clearly Adrian Griffin's personality wasn't conducive to the modern NBA superstar, and it's pretty clear that Giannis and Dame Lillard didn't like him, and that's why he's not there anymore. The late night anger management class. This is Sportsmate. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Let's roll. Level three. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moretzi. 124-114. So the game has gone over the number. Uh, the uh, the Clippers and the Lakers. The point spread was nine and a half. So this thing's going to come down to the uh, the final plays of the night uh, here. We'll keep our eye on this. Rivals week uh, in the NBA. I want. There's a lot of stuff uh, to get to. Um, but let's let's we we have our nightly Harbaugh update and. Um, there's a 
prevailing belief that Harbaugh really is close to leaving Michigan for real. And one of the big things, you know, Harbaugh, it's, you know, it's difficult to uh, obviously to get into Harbaugh and into, into his inner circle. But there are pretty credible reports about the contract negotiations that were leaked by Harbaugh, definitely, um, and Harbaugh's camp about the protection clause um, with with Michigan. And from what I understand, Michigan was going to cover all legal costs and, you know, but it seems to me, I'm starting to get the feeling Harbaugh, and I never really thought Harbaugh would run from the NCAA, right? And in his mind, he's not running, but in the same way, I never thought that Harbaugh would be like, well, I don't really want to go to the NFL, but I don't want to deal with the NCAA and what they're going to do to me, so I'm just going to do it to avoid it. But I'm almost starting to feel like this is like a Pete Carroll-type situation at USC where Harbaugh is going to leave and the NCAA is going to nail Michigan hard after, like still, even though Harbaugh's not there, and Harbaugh will be in the NFL and not have to deal with it. And there's also a prevailing concern right now in Ann Arbor. Now, Harbaugh, listen, Michigan loves Harbaugh. It's a, it's a very complex situation in which imagine, you know, you love your coach. He preaches Michigan and the team, the team, the team. But he's like a married man that basically says, I'm so happy who has it better than anybody. Uh, but you know what, honey, I need, you know, I'm going to go out and see if I can meet anybody this weekend. But I love you and I'll be back and we'll see what happens. And this just sort of, it's happening every year now. Right, so it's pretty clear that the Michigan powers that be are getting tired of this, and they're willing to pay them a lot of money, right? And they put a lot of money on the table. I think upwards of $20 million a year type of deal. But they want to sign a contract, and I'm sort of hearing now that Michigan are turning the tables a little bit. They're like, if you sign a deal with us, then you can't, like, you can't do this every year where you flirt with the NFL and you leave us in limbo for a couple of weeks every year. So I think there's just sort of a lot of stuff where, and, and the Michigan faithful are turning on Ward Manuel, the athletic director. Like it's his fault. He can't get a deal done. Like, Oh, if Harbaugh leaves, run this guy out, he should be fired. Yeah. How the hell? Like Harbaugh is his own man. He's going to do whatever he's going to do. And, I think it's starting to add up now. I don't think Harbaugh wants to deal with the NCAA. Um, I don't think there's multiple jobs that he likes in the NFL. I personally think life in Ann Arbor would be a lot easier and funner for him than it will be with the Los Angeles Chargers. Maybe surprise everybody and it's the Falcon job, but as far as Michigan is concerned, they had a pretty good recruiting class, right? Now, Michigan's never going to have the same recruiting class as Georgia and Ohio State and stuff because they don't they don't spend the same amount of money, right? They don't They don't look at it the same. They build the team in a different way. I was looking at the recruiting classes, and Michigan have 19 four-star recruits that they recruited this year. To put in context, Ohio State have 18 four-star recruits and five five-stars. Georgia have, like, you know, four five-stars and 20 four-stars, right? So the five-star stuff's a little overrated. So Michigan just go four-star and are loaded up with a bunch of really good players, and they coach them up. But all the Michigan recruits are talking about they're comfortable with the staff as it is, if it's Sharon Moore, right? Sharon Moore went 4-0 as head coach this year. He beat Penn State. He beat Ohio State. He was the offensive coordinator. He was calling the damn plays, all right? So 
Michigan will be in good hands, but let's be real. Their defensive coordinator, Jesse Minter, is a star in waiting. He's a stud, this guy. And now there's now there's a thought and reports that Minter could be on the way out, which then I think Michigan fans and faithful will not look at Harbaugh as favorably after all this. You know, it's one thing to pursue your own ambitions. It's another thing if you take, like, the coaching staff with you on the way out and you leave the cupboard bare and, oh, yeah, by the way, good luck with that NCAA thing that I'm avoiding and running away from and going to the NFL for. Right? So I've been saying this for a couple of nights now. Whatever he does, he should, like, do this soon because frustration is starting to grow. And that's, and we should know, too, the college football world is going on without Michigan right now. Ohio State are, like, loading up, man. All right? Like, they are open. Like, Ohio State, is, there's two teams that have spent the most money in the offseason in sports. The L.A. Dodgers, all right, and the Ohio State Buckeyes, okay? <laughs> like, after the Dodgers, the Buckeyes have spent the most money. You think all these players, like, don't cost money? You think Caleb Downs? Alabama's best player. You don't think like how much did he cost? How much did uh, how much is their quarterback cost that they just brought in? Right, Junkins just left Mississippi. Mississippi pays pretty well, right? Junkins just left Mississippi to go to Ohio State. We've told you guys there's a shift in power right now. The Big Ten is the place to be, and we're seeing SEC players are starting to see that right now, and they're leaving SEC. Uh, schools and they're not going to other SEC schools. They're going to the Big Ten uh, right now. We're in a new world, but I just don't get it. I, you know, maybe I'm crazy. Well, I am crazy, but the Harbaugh stuff. I don't think the Chargers are a good job. I don't think it's a good job. You play inside a shopping mall of a stadium that's not even your stadium. It's the Ram Stadium. It's not your stadium. Nobody in Los Angeles cares about the Chargers. I hate to say that so cliche like, but it's true. It's true. Like, walk down the street, walk into a sports store. They don't sell Charger gear. Like, nobody cares. I know there's some people go to the game, and that girl, like, that gets all crazy with her family and stuff, right, the super fan. I'm not saying nobody, nobody cares. They've got, you know, enough fans to fill the stadium with the other team's fans as well. But you know what I'm saying. It's not like the Spanos family. They're not, like, great owners. They don't spend money. The roster blows. Oh, they have Justin Herbert. Good for them. They've had Justin Herbert. They haven't won. Right? Like, the roster's not good. Like, the Falcon job is much better. So, I don't know. Like, unless, you know, there's some fascination he wants to And he did play for the Chargers. But I just don't get the whole thing. But it appears as if, though, that the Chargers stuff is getting realer, that they're talking about who would be on the coaching staff now and stuff like that. Which, as I stated, we're, we're going to upset everybody in Ann Arbor if you take Jesse Minter with you. We all know Sherrod Moore is going to be the coach of the Michigan Wolverines. But Jesse Minter was every bit as big part of the success. But let's be real, man. Right? You look at Michigan and Minter and, and all these guys that they've had over the years. Like Harbaugh, Michigan have been at an advantage in a way. They've been plucking Baltimore Raven coaches and stuff. Right, like the Harbaugh's are sharing coaches. It's like, yeah, you know what? He's really good. Why don't he, he can be your DC, right? So Minter's going to end up in the NFL unless he gets a job in college. A lot of crazy stuff going on, but eventually something's going to happen. It's just funny. All this talk about all these NFL coaches, uh, and in the last couple of days, the Milwaukee Bucks fired their coach. 
And Patrick was back in the National Hockey League. He's whacked out stuff. All right, we've got uh, Wes Clayton's going to join us in a couple of minutes. i got a lot of other stuff I want to get to, including, if you didn't know this, if you're a wrestling fan, uh, the WWE Monday Night Raw is moving to Netflix starting in 2025. The WWE is moving to Netflix and will exclusively stream uh, on Netflix in the USA, Canada, United Kingdom, and um, various Latin American uh, countries. So, in other words, they pretty much got the global rights uh, to uh, Monday Night Raw exclusively on Netflix, a $5 billion deal, five-year deal, $5 billion, $1 billion a year. Netflix has a a 10-year option to expand it if they want sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com ophthalmologist dr strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let's roll. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Ramsey, Sports Good Radio and Television Network. Shout out to all of our television affiliates, whatever uh, platform or app you're watching us on network. Shout out to all of our AM radio friends, somebody here, 1090 ESPN Radio, and 50,000 watt juggernaut SoCal in the house. Uh, let's just wrap up a couple of hardball uh, things before we bring uh, Wes in. But So there's the Charger talk, but at the same point in time, he interviewed for a second time with the Falcons. There are reports that Arthur Blank, uh, Arthur Blank is dead set on Belichick. You know, Arthur Blank lost to Belichick in the Super Bowls. You know, these old these old owners are going to look up to Belichick. So, Arthur Blank wants Belichick. Reportedly, everybody in the building doesn't. Because, <laughs> but that's kind of predictable, right? Because they know, well, Belichick's going to come in, and suddenly I'm not going to have any power anymore because it's going to be Bill Belichick, and he's going to have Arthur Blank's here. So, supposedly, there are reports that uh, inside the Falcon offices that they're pro Harbaugh. That, and I've said this from the beginning. I think it's a perfect fit for Harbaugh Atlanta, right? I think they have the eight pick in the draft. You get a quarterback. They got all the talent. I think it's a better job. You're in a bad division. You can win a division. You get in the playoffs. You get in the Super Bowl, right? The Chargers are a dead end, I think. 
but Blank is the one that owns the damn team, and he's going to make the final decision. And uh, one last thing, I said that I'm almost seeing like a Michigan-USC thing here where if if this NCAA stuff really is that bad, and Harbaugh knows it, and he's like, I got to get out of here because I don't want to deal with this. And then Michigan's going to have to deal with it after, and I brought up the Pete Carroll-USC stuff, but um, Snoop Dogg said earlier in the day that he was speaking with Pete Carroll. Because, of course, why not, right? You want the insider, forget about Schefter. Snoop Dogg's your man. But Snoop Dogg's tight with Pete Carroll. And Snoop Dogg said that Pete Carroll wants to wrap it up where, like, come back home to L.A. Where he had all that success at USC. Not with the USC Trojans, but to coach the Chargers. And one thing with Pete Carroll, he wouldn't charge $20 million a year in the same way that Harbaugh would. So that's something to keep your eye on as well. There's a lot of stuff going on out there. Um, but we got games to take a look at, too. Let's do this sniper pick style. Wes Clayton steps up for now. What's going on, Wes? Thanks for joining us. How you doing, Wes? Gabe, uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, man. It's been a little while. Um, in fact, I remember the last time I was on your show, it was June 16th of last year, the middle of the summer, in which I gave you and your audience the Texas Rangers at 12-1 to 1 to win the World Series. And, um, you know, I, I don't mean to come on here and toot my own horn, but, you know, it's 12 to 1. I got to toot my own horn. Right? We should have had your back sooner than you say, considering you gave us the World Series champion, right, which is pretty pretty yeah. impressive. I was going to say, what happened? I said before, you've been on the show before. This is your second time on. But that was a nice, great pick. Hell of a run uh, from the Texas Rangers. Cashing that uh, 12 to 1 ticket. So let's try to keep it rolling and uh, make some more money this week in the National Football League. Everybody that we talk to thinks that Baltimore and San Francisco are going to win. I'm part of this public crew that think the Super Bowl is nearly set in stone. The damn logo is already set, right? It's purple and red. <laughs> I, think, I guess you can argue, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the mix. And you can never discount Mahomes. So let's start there. See, you know, KC are a beat-up football team. They were lucky to you know, beat the Buffalo Bills, but they did. Mahomes is lethal as an underdog, but, you know, it seems like Baltimore are on the right side this week. Who do you like in this game? Well, I'll tell you what, Gabe. Um, you know, I, I actually heard an interesting stat uh, when it comes to the Ravens. So I got this actually from ESPN. I, I thought you might enjoy this. So the Ravens are just the fourth team since the 1970 merger to have a first-team All-Pro quarterback and the number one scoring defense in the NFL, okay? There's been three other teams to do this. You have the 78 Steelers, who were Super Bowl champs. You have the 1996 Packers with Favre and Reggie White and Desmond Howard. And then you have your 1972 Miami Dolphins, the perfect season, right? So, Pretty good three teams to be compared to. 100%. 100%. And, you know, Lamar, he played great against Houston in the second half. You know, they only scored 10 points in that first half. I mean, he had that new Rockney speech at halftime, so obviously that lit a fire under everyone's ass. And he, he came out, he scored three TDs in the second half. Um, he posted a 94 QBR, so he, he played quite well. Um, and remember, Buffalo, they moved the ball almost at will against Kansas City. And Kansas City, they do have a great defense, I understand that. But it didn't really show last week. I mean, I don't really know if it was the weather or what happened. But, you know, you got to think, too, you being a Buffalo Bills fan, you know, what if Diggs catches that bomb from Josh Allen on that last drive, which he should have. It went right through his hands. So, I mean, it's a whole different ball game. He could have walked right in the end zone. Uh, it it could have been, at worst case, it could have been an easier field goal. 
for Bass, and then we're talking about the Bills at the Ravens, right? So, I mean, in my opinion, I, I kind of like the over here, um, to be honest with you. I mean, are the Ravens really going to shut down Kansas City? I, I don't really think so. I mean, Mahomes, he didn't throw for a ton of yardage. I think he threw for like 220 yards or something like that. But he had a 91 QBR. He managed the game pretty well. It was tough weather, just like he's going to experience in Baltimore. Um, Kansas City didn't run the ball. They ran for 146 yards. But the Ravens' rushing defense is elite. They only gave up. I think something like 38 yards on the ground a game, which is pretty insane. But lesser teams have really scored on the Ravens this year. I mean, Arizona put up 24 on them. Cleveland put up 33 on them with Deshaun Watson. The Rams put up 31 on them. So, I mean, you got Mahomes, you got Reed. They're going to have a game plan. I mean, are they going to shut down Mahomes and Reed? I don't think so. You're going to get 20, 24, something like that from Kansas City, at least in my opinion. I mean, Chiefs, they have a championship pedigree. And, I mean... I get that Stroud had trouble, right? But they game plan for him. He's a rookie. He's, you know, still, he's not really wet behind the ears, but I mean, he was a rookie. The moment was just kind of big for him. The Ravens had a great game plan and they shut him down, but that's not going to happen to Mahomes. I mean, I know you got to be with me on this one. It's, you know, it's like a 24 21, 27 24, 28 27 type of game, in my opinion. And uh, as long as Andy Reid doesn't hand the ball to McCole Hardeman at the two-yard line, you know, I think we're going to get some points here. And, I, I mean, you get overtime, too. You get 21-21, and you get maybe a couple touchdowns or something in overtime, and who knows what happens. So, I mean, yeah, it's going to be some bad weather, but, uh, I mean, bad weather doesn't always make the game go under. Well, the weather, the weather won't be bad, though. Like, it's going to be – it's light rain. It's not going to be cold. It's not even going to be freezing. So, like, the weather is going to be pretty balmy, actually, for this time of the year. So, weather won't be a factor. I've always said this, and I've used this a lot in the playoffs. Anytime there's a 44-and-a-half, like you said, anytime 45 is the benchmark, 24-21 in the modern NFL. Look, last week, the Houston game, it was 43-and-a-half at one point. It ended up getting to 44. But these games, the Buffalo-KC game, people talked about, oh, the weather and this and that. What, what happened? They got to 51. Right, and yeah. I'm with you. I think the total's too light here uh, for these teams. I get the metrics and their numbers in the regular season and Baltimore and their defense and KC and all that, but you got Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in a light rain in 47-degree weather, all right, like with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. This isn't going to be a 10-7 game, right? There's going to be some points put up on the board. I like the over, and I do think KC's luck finally runs out because they've been freaking blessed <laughs> over the last couple of years, and I do think it's Baltimore's time, and we were spending a lot of time talking about Harbaugh. You imagine the the Harbaugh family, like um, if they win the Super Bowl, bro, and the national championship in the same year. That's like Mendelbaum, Seinfeld stuff. Like they're the number one family, number one dad, Jack. (laughs) They win. They win. Like forget about the Mannings. They'll be like the Harbaugh cast and stuff. But I I think they can do it. I think Baltimore, if they get there, they can beat San Francisco, who I think they'll end up playing. Totally agree. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. You know, it's funny, too. You were talking about, you know, Atlanta and Belichick and Harbaugh and everything. And so, you know, you hear that Belichick interviews with Atlanta, then Harbaugh interviews with Atlanta, and then then you hear Belichick interviews again with them, and then Harbaugh does a second interview. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, Shouldn't Belichick and Harbaugh be interviewing the Falcons? It should be the, the other way around, in my in my opinion. But, I mean, I don't know. Like you said, that division is up for grabs. So, I mean, 
that could be, you know, the turning point as to why they would want to go there. So you really think the Chargers aren't a good fit for Harbaugh? Because I kind of disagree with you. I, I, I kind of like him. Although I could see Pete Carroll in L.A. Um, I do agree with you there. But I do think that Harbaugh, you know, with Justin Herbert, there could be some magic there. No, and I, listen, wherever Harbaugh goes, he's going to bring energy and he's going to bring this the, the fire. But if you look at the Chargers, Austin Eckler's not getting any younger. All right? The Chargers players are always hurt. Like, it's one of those every year nothing changes. Like, Keenan Allen's not getting any younger. Mike Williams, like, basically broke his neck at Clemson. And he gets hurt all the time in the NFL still again after. Aging defensive players, overpaid players. You, you know, Mahomes is not that old. Like, Mahomes is still going to be around a while. They, like, basically look at the head coaches you'd have to deal with. You know, and then maybe, like, I guess Andy Reid might retire soon. Um, that's been a rumor as well. But you still got to deal with Patrick Mahomes. You got Sean Payton around for the next couple of years. The Broncos have deep pockets. They're going to get good. The Raiders don't suck. You have to deal with your own brother in the conference. You still have Joe Burrow. You still have the Bills. Like, it's freaking hard in the AFC. It's like, okay, you live in L.A. Good. You're not even the Rams as a coach. You're the Chargers coach. He did play for the Chargers, though. So I, maybe he's got an affinity for the Spanos family that we don't know about. And then... You look at look at what Tom Brady did, bro. Tom Brady left the Patriots, went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and was in the Super Bowl right away. Baker yeah. Mayfield and the Bucks were two wins away from the Super Bowl this year. I mean, yeah. the Falcons should have won the division this year, right? They had a yeah. talent, right? Like Harbaugh, if Harbaugh's the coach of the Falcons or Belichick for that matter, they win the division next year, and then they're in the playoffs. You take over the Charger yeah. job. What are you? You what? You're nine and eight. I do agree. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a tough division. Absolutely, for sure. And, and who would you rather have, Austin Eckler or Bijan Robinson? Bijan, 100%. Yeah. yeah, at this I, stage I of their careers. For sure. Absolutely. Kyle Pitts, Drake London. This is Sports Drake Moore West on the other side. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, 
Available now wherever you get your podcasts. I think I'm going to throw up um, as we were talking with Wes and uh, talking about everything else. I didn't realize the San Jose Sharks came back and tied the Rangers. I swear to God, like I'm gonna, I'm really gonna snap for real. And I usually take these losses like, yeah, whatever, it's all good, it's all for fun. <laughs> but I'm not gonna handle this well. Like the Sharks screwed us last night by beating the LA Kings. If they go to a shootout and the Rangers lose, man, I gotta tell you, like it's two two right now. The Rangers are up two nothing. It's two two. There's 12 minutes left in the hockey game uh, right now, so we'll keep our eye on this. The only other two games going on right now. What a pathetic disgrace of you know basketball, if you want to call it that. Good job, UNLV. Like, from what you guys once were to what this program of a joke is right now. Like, seriously, I remember, like, I lived in Vegas, and I was there for, like, you know, when Jimmer Fredette was on BYU and, like, um, Anthony Bennett and stuff or whatever, man, like, UNLV tickets were like 300 bucks, 400 bucks, and like it was like a big deal. Oh, BYU game, and oh man, like San Diego State are in town, and like big rivalry and all this. And I told people, I told people, Wes Clay, when I told people, Wes, you get pro sports in here, UNLV are done. And I was right. Like they're not, like most, like, you know, like Michigan's a good example. Like Michigan's not in Detroit. Like, you know, it doesn't affect, like Michigan is like 40 miles, like Ann Arbor, like Michigan University is 40 miles outside of Detroit. UNLV is on the strip, okay? Like, like UNLV's arena is off the strip, right by the airport. It's like in the city. So suddenly you got a crap-ass basketball team losing by 40 points to, to Air Force. Or, you know what? You want to go to the Las Vegas Golden Knight game. Or you want to go to the Raider game. You want to go to, you know what I mean, like all the other events and sports events that are there and tournaments and stuff. UNLV is just a bad product in a city that's the entertainment capital of America now, and they're screwed. Like, you guys better start paying players or doing something, man. Start cheating or something because this ain't not going to end well for you. But So, uh, Wes Clayton, Sniper Picks uh, with us. Uh, Wes, um, let's talk about uh, Detroit and uh, and San Francisco. Lions are getting seven. I brought up an interesting stat as far as the Lions are concerned that they've only played outdoors once in their last 12 games, which is amazing. They've only played outdoor once. They played in Chicago in December. Every other game that they played in the last 12 games has been in a dome. I'm not saying weather is going to be a factor, but the Lions are a good indoor team. I'm expecting San Francisco to play a lot better this week than they did last week against Green Bay as well. But Detroit are dangerous. I think they can score, but I think they're going to be able to keep up with San Francisco. Without a doubt. I I could not agree with you more. Uh, So where I am here with this game, you know, I hate to be a square and take two overs in both championship games, but, I mean, I kind of have to do it. I like the over here. So we're looking at 51, I believe, last I looked. Um, And I got another stat for you here. So Kyle Shanahan He's been to three NFC Championship games since 2019. And if he does win this game, he's going to pass Bill Walsh for the best postseason win percentage in 49er history, which I found kind of interesting. I mean, I was born in 1980, so, I mean, I don't remember a ton about Bill Walsh. I mean, I know the West Coast offense and everything, but I don't remember him losing a lot of playoff games. I mean, I do, I do. And And Kyle Shanahan's no Bill Walsh. (laughs) So this is the thing you can win. You got to win Super Bowls, right? So he's got to like 
Shanahan's done everything there is to do. You know, Shanahan is a lot like Harbaugh before he just won this football championship with Michigan. Sort of, you know, he's accomplished everything that he can do in his career, except that last thing. You look at Shanahan. I mean, man, he they, the offensive coordinator with the Falcons, they're up 28-3. They don't win. They're up by 10 on the Chiefs with about eight minutes left in the Super Bowl. They don't win. There's been a lot of frustration. Let, let's be real, though. But, like, the Niners, they don't get called out for choking, West, but they have. They haven't gotten it done over the years. That's one thing that is true. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I mean, So here's the deal with the game. I mean, so Detroit cannot defend the pass. And San Francisco cannot defend the run, okay? So, I mean, Green Bay ran the ball. They ran for 136 yards against the Niners, which it's not a ton of yards, but, you know, the Lions have the two-headed monster. They got Montgomery. They got Gibbs. They're going to run the ball for sure, you know, probably with some success, I think, um, which is going to open up play action for St. Brown and Laporta. Um, and one thing to remember about the Niners' defense, they do defend the deep pass well. That's that's one thing that they do very well. However, Detroit doesn't throw the ball deep. They, they throw the ball deep less than 10% of the time, so that's not really their game. I mean, speaking of Bill Walsh, his coast offense, that's kind of what Detroit does. They run the ball. They throw the, the short crossing routes. Um, they don't really air it out, so to speak. It's it's more like, you know, death by a thousand cuts, right? It's Which, by the way, is a Taylor Swift song. I don't know if you knew that or not, but, you know, the Niners. I did not. <laughs> you know, and I'm proud I didn't. <laughs> the Niners are going to throw the ball. They're going to be able to throw the ball on Detroit because they can't defend the pass. They have the most efficient offense, you know, passing offensive football. And, you know, Coming in Sunday, the Lions ranked 30th in expected points allowed, allowing, you know, uh, per dropback. So, you know, is Debo Samuel playing? I looked earlier and said that he's questionable still. Um, that could make a difference, but, I mean, I don't know. I looked at the weather. It's not going to be raining. Remember, Purdy had trouble with the ball being slick. He, I mean, the Packers dropped two interceptions that I remember. And um, I think that both teams are going to move the ball here. I think it's going to be a barn burner. I think that one of these teams at least gets the 30. And then we just need, you know, a solid 21 or 24 on the other side. And, I mean, I think that, you know, the ball's going to be going up and down the field. I think it's a barn murder here, game. Yeah, I'm thought, you know, early in the week right now, but I'm thinking Niners 34-24 type of game. Yeah. Right? You know, maybe Detroit can backdoor the, the spread, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if San Francisco covered a number and it was like 34. You know, Gibbs is the big key to me, as you stated. And he's been so good. But will he be the same against the Niners on the road on this different field out there as opposed to being at home? You know, the Lions are built for that home Ford field, right? Now you're going into the Bay Area under the Niners track here. And you mentioned slick balls. It's been Jared Goff's one thing, right? Um, I shouldn't know a man's uh, size of his hands, but I do know Jared Goff's got, like, the smallest hands in the NFL after uh, Kenny Pickett, right? So, and it's true. And I've been a Goff defender, but Goff is bad in bad weather. Like, he just is. He played well, well once for the Rams with, like, a broken hand, actually, and they threw him under the bus after in Seattle after he won the game. But, um, like, he he's, you know, the ball is slick with him as well, but I don't expect it to be a factor. I think the game goes over. All right, we'll look at a couple of minutes with the year, West. I brought this up earlier. Fun, you know, fun week in the NBA. Everybody's putting up these big numbers and stuff. But the Rookie of the Year, the, the year Award is still up for grabs, like, odds-wise. Victor Wembanyama is like minus 125, and Chet Holmgren is like minus 110 uh, right now. And the Spurs and the Thunder are going head-to-head. What are your thoughts uh, on the uh, the Phenom rookie matchup? Yeah, so, I mean, 
these teams, they're headed in opposite directions, right? So, you know, OKC, they're a very nice surprise this year. I don't think anybody thought they'd be, you know, up with Minnesota in the West. I mean, Minnesota, you know, number one and OKC number two in the West right now. Nobody would have thought that to begin the year. So that's very interesting. But, um, you know, OKC, one thing I did notice about them, so they cover spreads. I mean, they're 28 and 14 against the number, which, you know, that's 66%. So every three games they play, they're going to cover two, which is pretty good odds if you're sitting at the roulette table, right? So, I mean, the Spurs have hung tough lately. They, they played Philly, uh, Washington, and Charlotte. They covered all three of those games. They hung within 10 of Embiid putting up 70 uh, last night, um, but I don't know. I think they have a letdown here. You know, OKC is going to come in. They're going to San Antonio. Um, you know, they're going to play Wimby. Obviously, Holmgren's going to want to have a good game. Uh, they're going up against Pop. The question is, how motivated are they going to be? Because I think they can come in and name the number, so to speak, if they really want to. It's just, are you going to get up to play the Spurs? That's the problem with the NBA. Sometimes these guys, it's just like, we're playing the Spurs. Let's just go in. Let's win by five. I think they do. Because of the rivalry aspect between Holmgren and, and Wembenyama. And these guys yeah. played against each other before, right, in, in world international play. And so there, there's something to it, and they're not like the best of friends either. So there is like this little mini rivalry. I'm looking at the number right now. Chet Holmgren's uh, player prop, he's, it's 15 and a half points. This is going to be a block fest tomorrow. They're going to be trying to block each other all the time. And yeah, Wembin Yama's yeah. player prop is 22 and a half. That's something I'm going to hammer, Wes. He dropped 33 yeah. in 28 minutes. He's been playing about 24 minutes a night. Um, he played 28 the other night against Philly. And Popovich said his words were, we're going to hammer his ass from, from here on out. That basically he's going to start to play more. Therefore, he's going to put more numbers up. The kid's a point-a-minute guy, Wes. Like, he really is. Yeah. Like, he played 28 minutes, scored 33 points. Right? Like, so... You give me 24, 25, 30 minutes tomorrow, he's going to go off for 30-plus in this game. I'm betting over 22-and-a-half. Yeah, that's bulletin board material right there. You don't want to do that. It's uh, rule number one in sports, right? But, yeah, no, you got two broomsticks out there. You know, I like Chet Holmgren. He said, believe it or not, I actually do lift weights. <laughs> I know it doesn't look like it. <laughs> <laughs> he is funny. But yeah, he is funny. He, yeah, no, I, I like saw Holmgren some story though. about – about like they, there's a picture of them together when they played. He was on France. It was USA. USA won a close game, but Wembenyama was dominant. And I guess Wembenyama, Wembenyama said to him when they met again or something that, you know, uh, I don't know if you know, but we we played against each other or something. And Holmgren was like, "Yeah, I know who you are, bro." <laughs> yeah, kind of like, kind of know. And I guess they were kind of like there was a sort of a story. There was a little, it was a little shade like between the two of them moving forward. <laughs> I think Wembenyama thinks you guys are nuts that you don't think I'm like a million times better than this guy, right? Yeah. And now yeah. the media is starting to come around with you know Wembenyama is kind of a million times better than Chet. Chet's on a good team. He's a good, nice young player. But I think it's a good bet over twenty two and a half. And I like the uh, I like Wembenyama to win a rookie of the year because he's going to put up big numbers before we're done. So, uh, Wes, uh, in the last minute here and a half, what do you think about the Auburn-Alabama game? You said you got an SEC uh, tip here. Yeah, I mean, you know, just a couple thoughts on that. So, Auburn's going to Tuscaloosa. You know, Auburn's, you know, they're playing really well, the the number eight team in the country. But, um, you know, they won 10 in a row. They covered eight of those 10. 
Um, but here's the deal, Gabe. They've been blowing everyone out, right? So that could be good or bad because, you know, what happens if Alabama keeps up with it? I mean, Alabama's favored, first of all. It's minus two last I looked. So if Auburn – they won their last 10 games by 10 or more points. So they have not been in a dogfight. They've not had to come from behind. So what happens when, you know, Alabama keeps up with them? What happens if Auburn's got to come from behind? I mean, they haven't played like that in a while. Um, I think Bama's going to give them a game. I think, you know, it's going to be a raucous crowd. I like Bama. Bama's coming off a big loss, too, to Tennessee. It was their first conference loss. So, I mean, either way, it's going to be a fantastic game. I really can't wait to watch it. But I like Bama. I just think it's going to be uncomfortable territory for Auburn. They, they've been beaten up on, you know, some bad SEC teams in some other conferences. But, you know, now they got to play a big dog. And what's going to happen when, you know, you got to keep up with another big dog? So, yeah, I like Bama minus two tomorrow night. Well, considering the mass exodus of football players uh, from the Crimson Tide, they might become a basketball school. <laughs> they're going to need some basketball success to take their minds off the players uh, that have left Tuscaloosa over the last uh, week and a half. All right, great stuff, uh, Wes. Where can people find you online? And I know you've got a YouTube channel as well. Yes, sir. So you can find me on Twitter at the Sniper Picks. Um, my Twitter handle is also Sniper Wes. And you can find me over at picksandparlays.net, uh, the best sports consulting website in the business. And, um, yeah, I went 7-0 and on Sunday, Gabe, 7-0. and How about that? Let's try to well, do it again that next means, week. Yeah, you should have told people that because you might be due for a letdown this week. It's hard to go 7-0 and again, but great job. Hey, good stuff, uh, Wes. Thanks for joining us. This is SportsRed. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, shout out to our boy, uh, Wes Clayton, who um, I was unaware is a badass metal drummer uh, as well. That's pretty cool. Uh, small world. So uh, Rangers and Sharks right now are tied at two because, of course, they are. I got to tell you, if you were on the New York Rangers and this game goes to a shootout, take the Sharks because I'm on the Rangers and I never win shootout bets. 
I probably should have kept the record of this over the years, but I, you know, it would be it would be tragic to look at. But it really is an insanity. Like it's over the top. Like I've been talking about this literally for like twenty years. Whenever they went to the shootout rule, I don't know, like twenty years ago, and I'm not even exaggerating. I probably won like a hundred times and lost like twelve hundred times or something. Like I don't win when games go to a shootout for whatever reason. The team that I always have like always just sucks. Like last night, the Kings. So and so, man, the Sharks won last night in a shootout. This is a scrappy team for a team that sucks. And the thing is, I know the Sharks are scrappy, but I didn't think they were going to beat the Kings last night. And I'm like, wow, they just played last night. They're not going to beat the Rangers tonight. Rangers are up 2-0. The dreaded 2-0 lead in hockey, man. I swear, it's insane. Like, if you're up 14-0 in football, it doesn't mean you're going to lose, right? Like, if you're up 2-0 in hockey, it's inevitable you're going to blow the lead. It happens nightly in the National Hockey League. Hopefully the Rangers can win this in, like, overtime before we get to the shootout. Because I can win in overtime. Like, the shootout is my nemesis. So if they can maybe they can win with this, like, their three-on-three crap or whatever the hell it is uh, that they do. <laughs> Just, you know, it's, you get it over with. But it's one of these deals where I'm, I'm too heavily invested in the Rangers right now. I'm not a fan of this. Like, we did tell you to take the over 130 in the UNLV game, though. And uh, Air Force beats them 90-58. to 58. Great effort. The only loss by 32 points is 11.5-point favorites, guys. Think about that. UNLV, have the, they, UNLV has the worst loss in football history. They were 45-point favorites against uh, Howard, and they lost. I think it was Howard, whoever the hell it was. In other words, you know, Go Fight Win is your theme song, right? Not Go Fight Loose. Other than that, you're on your own later. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these. But did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.